Welcome to Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees. And well, guys, it's been a minute. I think uh, I think early February was the last time we posted a podcast, which has been very, very well received. Uh, it was the last in the string of episodes that Greta has been doing regarding marketing and leasing, and it was it was fantastic. If you haven't checked it out, make sure that you that you dial back and um, check that episode out as well. But today we're doing something, uh, we did this last year and we'll do it again, but we're talking about conferences and we've got the Interface Student Housing Conference coming up and just in a month. I'm sitting here recording this on March 7th and it begins on April 8th. So by the time this comes out tomorrow, we'll be exactly a month away. If you're not familiar with the Interface Student Housing Conference, it's put on by France media and their two other companies student housing business magazine which i'm sure most everybody in this audience is aware of of that and interface is actually uh their networking conferencing company under that france media umbrella so anyway their their annual student housing conference is is being put on in austin texas has for several years now i don't think that's going to change anytime soon but last year was the they had a a record attendance of well over 1200 people it's moving to be the same thing again and i wanted to make sure that because most people that are listening to to this podcast will end up attending but i wanted to make sure that we got some time to sit down with with rich kelly and talk about what's going on with the conference this year uh, there's been a couple of, of schedule changes from the way they've typically done that in the past i want to make sure everybody uh, was aware of that and how to take advantage of that as well and then also just you know kind of a quick year in review of 2018 uh, both for student housing business and, and the industry at large we talk a little bit about p3s and uh, of course the big gray star edr merger acquisition however you want to however you want to tee that up but anyway it was uh, it was a great conversation i wanted to pass this along to you guys and we'll just go ahead and get into the interview right now rich welcome back to the podcast thanks very much Wes. great to be here thank you very much for having me well, you and I got to see each other a couple of weeks ago at a, at a conference down in Florida, and it was it's always good to see you. But it was uh, it was also just reminded me how quick around the corner <laughs> interface in Austin is, and I can't believe it's been a whole another year. It's just it's just been amazing. But real quick for everybody that I think the last time you were on the podcast was when we were doing LeaseCon and. Just give our listeners kind of a, a recap of you know what all's been going on with with France Media and student housing business this past year. Sure. Um, well, it's been it's been a busy year. We always enjoy chronicling the news and trends and happenings in the student housing space. And 2018 was a pretty interesting and busy year from that standpoint. So you know the magazine I think continues to be you know, very well regarded and very well read and hopefully appreciated by everybody in the space. The website and our e-newsletter 
continue to get a lot of hits and, and people look at that as kind of their, their daily uh, and weekly news source and information source. Interface student housing last year in April was, was great. Uh, actually biggest attendance we ever had. Not that the biggest attendance is always the most important thing, but it is a sign, I think, of a, a healthy industry and an industry that wants to, to get out there and talk to each other. And then we introduced a new event, as you alluded to, uh, called LeaseCon in September. Yeah. And that was uh, something that allowed us to really drill down very kind of much more deeply on kind of the whole leasing and marketing environment when it comes to, to student housing. Something we've covered in the magazine since day one when we started it and something we also cover at Interface Student Housing. But this allowed us to really get much deeper into the topic. And, and really, there are a lot of really inf- interesting angles and trends to it when you talk about influencers and, and all the different kinds of things that uh, companies do to, to to get ultimately leases done and heads in bed. So it was, a, it was a fun event. It introduced us to a lot of new people. So that was very valuable in, in the terms of getting to know some, some new companies and new readers and new, sub, new subscribers and new editorial sources and things like that. And we look forward to doing the second annual LeaseCon uh, this year. It'll be September 18th, once again in Dallas. Great, great. I'm looking forward to that. So, Rich, you, you've certainly got your hands on the pulse of, of many of the transactions and the operating trends that are happening in the student housing industry. Anything from 2018 that, that stands out in your mind as kind of being the most intriguing or surprising? And what kind of impact do you think it'll have on the future? Well, that's a good question. I think when I look back at 2018, and this isn't necessarily intriguing or surprising, but the thing that I walk away from it looking back at the year is that the industry performed really well. And, you know, there's always questions about, you know, have we had too much development or has, has pricing gotten too frothy and, and that's going to impact in a negative way or, you yeah. know, are, are troubled markets going to overtake you know, the industry or, or things like that. And and really, I think the story was that the industry performed really well in 2018. Uh, there's always, you know, some individual markets or individual properties that might have issues. But largely, I think, you know, it was a, it was a really solid year and that the, the big news of 2018 that was that there really was no big news when it comes to, to market fundamentals and the industry as a whole. Everything performed well, and that's a great sign for both the present and the future. Now, having said that, there was also some huge news in 2018 when you look at Graystar's acquisition of EDR. Uh, EDR has been a company that's been a mainstay in this industry for a long time, yeah. uh, very well respected, a lot of people that we all know and respect and like, and they are now part of Graystar. I think it's, it's significant that a company of Graystar's size and scope is really making a huge investment in the student space, so that's great to see. That's a real vote of confidence. Lost, I think, a little bit in the whole Graystar EDR transaction was the introduction of Blackstone to the space in a huge way. That's never an insignificant thing when Blackstone becomes a big part of uh, of your industry, absolutely, and it's usually always a very good thing too. So I think you know that was that was kind of the over overwhelming news was that you know an industry stalwart has is now been being melded into an industry stalwart from the conventional space in Graystar, and you have also Blackstone in the space. The other thing I, I took from 2018, Wes, is looking on campus that uh, P3s are not only here to stay, but Everything is funneling in that direction when it comes to what colleges and universities are thinking when it comes to uh, building or rebuilding their on-campus housing. For a long time, there had been a debate about, you know, have we reached a balance or a tipping point where P3s are now commonly accepted and will be more commonly used by colleges and universities. And I think 2018 marks the year that that happened. There were a number of huge RFPs, big systems, 
schools looking at P3s and not only looking at, but now actually implementing and moving forward. And that's really significant. And I think that you know, the rock is now rolling downhill when it comes to P3s, and you're only going to see more and more. And, and that's a great thing for the companies in this industry who are uh, on that side of, of things. And I think we'll only see more and more activity. Yeah, uh, you know, I could speak to that, you know, just briefly because, you know, when I started on the consulting side in 2017, which is the, you know, the other business that, <laughs> that pays the bills around here, but it was, uh, I would say it was probably. Uh, from two, from basically April of 2017, when things got started, all the way through the end of 2017, all the projects I, I was working on were completely private, off-campus, PBSH. And this past year, well, I would really say since April of last year, every single project that we've worked on has either been a P3 or it's been something that you know had some type of tight affiliation. That's not necessarily true that 100% of them, but 100% of the of the new um, assignments that we've received since April, that's been the case. So, yeah, I think you're I think you're exactly right on that. So, you know, as you mentioned, last year was the was the largest attendance for Interface in Austin. It certainly looks to be that way again. Um, I, I got an email from you, I guess, yesterday saying that there were over 800 registrations already in place for people attending. Uh, you've got you've got two hotels that are currently that you had blocks at that are currently sold out, and then on top of that, the the sponsorship. I've been listening to a lot of the the sponsors for for the podcast and things that we're doing at Student Housing Insight, and so many of them were bummed that when <laughs> they reached out to to uh, to get space at the exhibit hall for Interface that was already sold out. <laughs> so, so again, it's just a it's just a testament to how great the the conference is. But again, from from what I'm hearing, it's it's building up to be the same thing as it was last year in, in regards to attendance. But what are you hearing from the sponsors and the attendees about why they love this event so much? Well, uh, I think there's a few things that, that contribute to it. We are blessed to be able to, through this event, really bring the industry together. And part of that is because companies don't just send you know one or two people. They really bring multiple folks from their from their organizations. So that when everybody does that, it really creates a, a big atmosphere and a big crowd. Yeah. And it allows people to get a lot of work done and get a lot accomplished while they're there. I think part of it also is that our April time frame is a good time frame. People haven't seen each other maybe in a little while. It's also a time of year where properties have a 2018-2019 operating history. Mm-hmm. And their 2019 lease up is you know, pretty far along. Uh, you can have yeah. a pretty good idea of where things stand. So, I mean, I've been told by many folks on the investment and development side of things that the April time frame really works well from a transactional standpoint. It's time to start talking about deals. Yeah, and anytime so. you can bring people together and also have it be a good time for them to talk about deals, I think that's, you know, a winning formula. Uh, also, you know, Austin's a fun place to come. For those of us that live up north, it's <laughs> nice to get somewhere warm in April after a long winter. And, uh, you know, Austin has a has a lot of, uh, you know, fun places to go. So I think, you know, you can kind of roll all that up together and it, and it creates a, a good atmosphere and a, and a successful event. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know the, uh, the date's kind of changed a little bit this year. I think it's this is probably the first year that everything starts on a Monday. Was there anything strategic with that that you guys were trying to accomplish, or was that just feedback from attendees? 
Uh, neither. It was purely access to the hotel. Um, you know, <laughs> gotcha. as I said, Austin is a great place to go. The downside of that is that a lot of people want to go there, and uh, it's really, really difficult to find dates and space for an event of our size. There are really only two venues that can take it in Austin, the JW and the uh, the Big Hilton. I guess now there's mm-hmm. also a Fairmont that was built. But, you know, for better or for worse, there's a lot of organizations that want to have their conferences and association meetings and trade shows, et cetera, in Austin. And the hotel, this was really the only option we had. So is starting on a Monday ideal? Uh, you know, I think if we had our druthers, we'd probably rather start on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. But what I'm hoping will happen is that I think people will stick around at the event longer on Wednesday. In the old system where we went Wednesday to Friday, I think a lot of people took off pretty early on Friday because, you know, it was a chance to go yeah. home and get home and see the family, take the rest of the Friday afternoon off, that kind of thing. But with the last day of the conference being on Wednesday, I think people will stick around longer and we are going to you know, hopefully facilitate that by having even more programming that's going to stretch a little later into the day on Wednesday. So we really do want people to stick around. We're going to have some of our best sessions on Wednesday. And I think that, so that will actually, I think, work in our favor. Again, I was a little worried about starting on a Monday, but the a number of rooms that have been booked on Sunday night is tremendous. So that tells me that mm. people are maybe coming in and making a weekend out of it. Yeah. We toyed with not having our golf outing, which we've traditionally had every year because the golf outing would have to be on Monday morning. And I said, geez, I wonder how many people are going to want to, you know, get up and play golf on Monday. But you know what? You know, the sign up for the golf has been great. And I think people are just, you know, they they know they want to come to this event and they're going to come in on Sunday and do some, you know, see some people on Sunday and be ready to go Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I I mean, I noticed with my schedule as I've been putting it together for that week and the, in the past, I've come in early because, you know, there's always other business to do in Austin, people to meet, properties to inspect, all those kind of things. And, you know, this way I was able just to switch it on the back end. And now I'm doing that on Thursday as opposed to, you know, coming in on a Tuesday. So, so yeah, I think, again, it's just a testament to how great the conference is. And I'm glad you're you're able to make a pivot like that based on availability and it not affect anything. So that's great. So for this year, anything anything new or different from previous years that attendees might expect? Well, you know, obviously the timing of the whole Monday to Wednesday rather than Wednesday to Friday, that's a little different. But we're trying to keep, you know, the, the elements of, of the conference, you know, similar to not, you know, create too much too much chaos. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, some little things are uh, we've expanded the exhibit hours. We are going to have the exhibit area, the trade show area open now on Wednesday morning. As I said, I think we're going to have a lot more people coming on Wednesday morning for both the sessions. And I think that it made sense to give our exhibitors even more value by having the exhibit hall open on Wednesday morning for a couple of hours. We are, uh, as I said, adding some extra sessions or more sessions that will go a little deeper into the day on Wednesday. You know, I always feel the more content we can offer and the more education we can offer, the better. It's also a situation where there are always really twice as many sessions that I would like to host than we have time for. But by adding to our schedule a little bit on Wednesday, hopefully we can cover even a little more, uh, a few more areas of the industry. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of, you know, specific topics and things, we are going to try to introduce some new ideas. Uh, opportunity zones are a huge topic across yeah. all of commercial real estate. And there are, you know, certainly it's applicable to student housing. I'm learning that more and more. So we're going to definitely focus in on that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more than maybe we have in the past about foreign capital and really track how it's coming in, where it's coming in from, what that foreign capital looks for. And then, uh, as I said, also, we're 
uh, we'll touch base on P3s, as I think that's only going to become a, a bigger and bigger fixture in the space. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, last year when we when we did the same interview, <laughs> we had the discussion of of these uh, faux attendees, you know, folks that are are showing up in the in the hotel lobby and setting meetings and not actually registering or attending. And you know, I, I, listen, I get there's a lot of people that are in this industry that work in Austin. And it's just easy for them to you know swing in and, and hold a meeting if they you know honestly don't need to go to the to the conference. But I know there's a lot of folks that really should be attending <laughs> and registering. For those folks, what are they going to be missing this year? Well, I think you, you just miss a lot of the flavor and and the overall atmosphere of the event. You know, we very consciously put together a basically a networking lounge up on the fourth floor where the conference is with the great help of our friends at University Furnishings who furnished that for us uh, because we don't want anyone leaving the floor. We want everybody to be right where all the sessions are, yeah. where the networking is, and that's why we we literally create and build this networking lounge so that people can do meetings right there and and it works. And here and another reason West that people should be up on the fourth floor of the networking lounge is this year we're actually going to have some some games and entertainment. Uh one of our exhibitors a company by the name of Olhouse and Billiards, we're going to have a pool table out in the networking lounge nice. and we're going to have a shuffleboard table. So um you know you can't you can't get that in the lobby, let's put it that way. But no, just, I mean to answer your question in all seriousness, you know, it, when you're part of the industry you should be part of the industry and you should be at the event and fully engaged and, and, you know, going to sessions and meeting people. And, and we hope that that's what uh, everyone will be doing at interface student housing. So if we, if we could actually get a tournament set up, Rich, that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) I might, that's something I'll put that on my to-do list. All right. So um, for those listeners that, that are planning on attending and have registered or, or soon will be registering, as far as, you know, there's a there's a lot of money that goes into this and a lot of time that goes into this from the attendee and certainly want to make sure that they get a positive ROI on that experience. What kind of suggestions do you have? I know you mentioned making sure that you plan for adequate time on Wednesday to stay. Anything else that you would say? Uh, especially for this year, to make sure that you're planning in advance for to get that positive ROI? Well, I mean, it's kind of conference attendance 101, but it, like anything, it always bears repeating. You know, take a look at the agenda, you know, plan your time. Uh, I would be at the conference Monday afternoon to take part in the roundtables. People really love the value plus roundtables we do. Uh, you can go sit at a bunch of tables during that hour and a half and, 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 you know, talk with like-minded people about kind of real specific topics in the industry. Uh, make sure you're at the cocktail parties Monday night and Tuesday night. You know, everybody's there. It's a great place to to catch up with people, uh, as well as you know, you can see the exhibitors because they're the the networking receptions are in the exhibit hall. You know, figure out sessions that are really of interest to you and make sure you're there. And then you know, after the session, just go up to the to the stage and, and talk to the speakers. You know, we're we're very fortunate in this industry that um, everyone is very open and they're and they're yeah. open to talk and open to, talk, to engage with people. So if you, if you want to, you know, introduce yourself or you have a specific question, you know, go ask it. And overall, you know, just, you know, be ready and, and be upbeat and be prepared. You never know who might sit down beside you in a session or at lunch or in the networking lounge. And, it, it, you know, it could be, uh, could be someone that could turn into a very valuable contact. So, you know, just 
be open-minded, be friendly, be inquisitive, and uh, and have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And good point about making sure that you know if you're at a panel and, and something is being said that's that's interesting, or you've got further questions beyond the time allotted. I've always you know I've always been able to speak to the speakers, and they've been very open with that. I think I don't know if you guys typically suggest that they keep you know 30 minutes or so available after the after their panel, but it seems like everybody. You know, puts a, a good buffer time in there to make sure that they're able to speak to people. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but it's it's worked out great for me in the past. So, you know, kind of last question. I want to make sure that you're able to to plug in where you know if someone doesn't know student housing business and this may be the first time hearing from you. Uh, obviously, where they can go to get more information about the uh, the conference, and then also. As I mentioned earlier, both the room blocks at each of the hotels is is completely sold out at this point. Is there any hotels that you're referring uh, folks to at this point, or is Expedia the best option at this point? Well, in terms of where you can get information about the conference, if you go to our website, studenthousingbusiness.com, you'll see some ads for the conference, and then you can just click on those, and they take you to the website. The actual website address is interface which is I-N-T-E-R-F-A-C-E conferencegroup.com. And then you click on interface student housing and, and you kind of follow the different prompts. One of those prompts is hotel slash venue. And as you said, we are both blocks have been sold out. Um, again, part of that is the popularity of our event. And part of it is the fact that the hotels only have so many rooms to give us because they've got so many other uh, events and groups and people coming through Austin. So we do have, I think, seven hotel, six hotels on the website listed as places, other places to go. Uh, there's a Hyatt place that's literally right next door to the JW where a lot of people have stayed. Uh, there's a residence in, a Hilton Garden in, Hampton, Courtyard by Marriott, Omni Austin, so kind of a different range. I know there's a W that's very close by. So I've been, I, we haven't been getting a lot of inquiries about hotels, so I think there must still be enough rooms available out there. We wish we had more at the JW and the Westin, but it kind of is what it is at this point. I will say that, you know, sometimes people book more hotel rooms than they wind up needing, and some rooms do come back into the block or into general availability. So it never hurts to try the JW because rooms will become available, but it's kind of you know, it's kind of hit or miss as uh, as to what's available at what time. Do you know if they're if they're keeping a, a waiting list for that, or is it just kind of a hey, if you if you call at the right time and it's available, you'll get it? I think I think it's kind of call at the right time. Uh, gotcha. We keep an eye on it too, and if we do see a number of rooms that that come open, we will you know indicate such in our in our email saying hey, some rooms will become available. But it's it's yeah, it's more uh, it's more just you know something might open up at any at any given time. Yeah, yeah. Well, made my reservations last night. I'm at the courtyard, so um, <laughs> if uh, if something opens up, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll, I can I can get it. I love being in the hotel where the events at because it just it makes things so much easier. But uh, but being 20 minutes away isn't that big of a deal either. So. <laughs> Well, hey, um, Rich, again, I appreciate your, your time and, and coming on and doing a quick promo for the conference. I do think it's the, the best thing going on in the industry right now as far as networking and uh, looking forward to, to seeing you and your team and everybody else at the event. Thanks, Wes. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, great job with this podcast. It's been fun to see it continue to grow and, and flourish. And yeah, can't wait to see everybody in Austin in uh, early April. All right. Let's keep it weird. <laughs> you got it. All 
Well, guys, there you have it. Thanks again to Rich Kelly for getting on the phone and and giving us some time to hear about the conference. If that was something that you were on the fence about attending, I hope that uh, that conversation certainly sways you into attending. Uh, If you are attending, I hope that that conversation kind of laid out some things on you know how you need to schedule your time and and some other things to look forward to at the conference so with that being said i'm going to go ahead and end this here we've actually got several podcasts that are coming out here over the next couple of weeks and a lot of things that i'm excited about telling you guys about and some things that are coming up this year for us so make sure you stay tuned we've got a podcast that we're releasing at the at the same time of this podcast or within 24 hours of this podcast episode uh, which is covering marketing and leasing over spring break so make sure you join us for that one because that one is very very time sensitive and you don't want to miss that all right guys take care